I like Samantha's like uh, a friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> air quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> I specifically was keeping boundaries in place. We can yeah. cut it. We can cut this You're out. The I'm sorry, man. We can You're cut like, this out. oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Would you We've like done that? that. Oh yeah. Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Noakesville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome to the after show, the Flushing It Out after show, the full flush. (laughs) Because we can't fit it all in one episode. No, and I hate having to be silent during the first part, especially when the episode's about sex. Yeah. So, so Jen is still here. We ha- we kept the mics on high, yeah. and so I don't hate it. I don't. I don't mind it at all. I just. But you have some stuff to share. So I write down share. notes, and I want to yes. talk. Yeah. So we we in the first episode, just in case you're listening to this and you didn't tune in, we went through some kind of some tips um, that Jen's learned, and, and I chimed in a little, but you know, kind of the different. Stages of life and the mm-hmm. importance of sex in, in uh, especially marriage committed relation, long term relationship. And so I thought we would dive a little deeper <laughs> into it, um, hear from the male perspective, and then also go through some tips because I did some market research. And to be honest with you guys, I was to ease my own anxiety mm-hmm. over talking about this. The way I ease that is by talking about it, believe it or not, and gathering information. And the way I do that is by asking other people for their thoughts and opinions. But through doing that and through the amazing people who opened up their hearts to me and trusted me with this private Mm -hmm. information that we don't normally share with people, I got some great insight. But I also got some amazing tips on how to, you know, spice things up, change things a little. So um, we'll we'll go over those too. So after show. Before we do anything fun, I do want to just share two things. Okay. One, I know you know Marianne. Mm-hmm. Right, she's in your network. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. talk, did you interview? Yeah, she's going to do a podcast because yeah. she's amazing. She is amazing, and my therapist took over proc- her yeah. practice. Yep. And I can't say enough about a really good therapist. Amen. Before my really good therapist, I also decided that I was going to do as much research <laughs> because I felt like I was something wasn't like quite right. And I read and listened to every single thing that Esther Perel publishes. Okay. And I really feel like I want to go see her, but she's not taking patients, but whatever, because now she's like famous, but I'm waiting because I feel like even when things don't necessarily pertain to me subject matter wise, Uh I've always come away with some bit of information and if you yes. listen to her, like her podcast or her books on tape, like every books on tape. Oh, I'm a hundred. <laughs> I don't even have a tape player. But yeah. So I have all, everything books. on audio. Have you tried audio. those books on eight track? <laughs> I have this reel. Um, <laughs> but she's amazing and so knowledgeable about sexuality and relationships. And her podcast goes from one extreme to the other, but they're always helpful to so like. Say that again. Who is it? Is her name is Esther Perel. Okay. P-E-R-E-L, I think. Okay. Um, she's got a couple of books out and a podcast. And she did an, an audio series on Audibles where she interviewed people and couples mm. in various stages of like strife and mm-hmm. 
intimacy and things yeah. like that. And just so, so helpful to get like gather that information and be able to apply. That was Huge. amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Because yeah. that's kind of like, that's kind of why on the main episode, I was trying, I, I was having a hard time, but trying to say, hey, guys, I want us to share kind of like our experiences mm-hmm. and what we've learned. But one, there's not enough time in the world to kind of go through everything. Sure. There's also boundaries to respect. And then we all have our own for lack of a better word, we all have our own shit. Yeah. And it's just not as simple as read this blog post. You know, you see 10 ways to spice up your marriage and da da da. There's yeah. like, there's so many nuances, layers, and yeah. just stuff. And so thank you for putting that out there and that you did that and you did the work to do that. Yeah. Because it's easier said than done. Well, I was royally like screwing things up, I felt like otherwise. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we have a we have a great relationship. We have a great friendship. Mm-hmm. We're ridiculously enmeshed in every way. But yeah. I knew for myself that things weren't – well, and not that he was like unaware. But I yeah. just felt like when I got some things together that weren't necessarily sex-related, mm-hmm. it like opened my eyes to like, oh, and then also this. So it all, awesome. it all worked together. Dang. And Prozac. And pro- if I awesome. could, if I could hug Prozac, yes, take the stigma little... away from. Yes, I, that. that's the other thing. Good therapist, good self reflection, and when that is not working, I wholeheartedly believe medication. I was really afraid to do it, I, yes. but I so needed it, and I, I literally remember the day that it started working, being like, oh, oh I'm I'm me again, like I'm yes. rational and yes. The way I've described like mental health is if you're in a bad place, you're in a mud pit and mm-hmm. you're trying to dig out, but it's mud. And so you keep sliding back in and okay. that medication can be a rope to finally have a grasp yes. and you're finally having traction and getting out of that mud hole. Yes. And you're able to do the work that needs to be done yes. with m- way more clarity. Be- yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because we're like going off on it's – totally. it's a great but, tangent though and I'm so glad we are. because This is why we're doing a freaking after show, people, because we all know – it's funny with nutrition, with relationships, with sex. We all know the things we need to do. We know we need to prioritize sex. We know we need to do this. We know we need to do that. But if you can't do it, that goes back to the whole that sex – if you're having issues with your sex life, yeah. it's a symptom of a bigger problem. Yes. And so you start peeling back the layers and so you start doing the tips of – can I prioritize? Okay, sometimes I need to just push through. Sometimes I'm tired and I need to push through. But if there's, but then you figure out, okay, I can't just push through. You kind of keep chipping away, yeah, and to figure out what is the underlying issue. Yeah, it's like putting a bandaid. You're like, oh, we'll do this fix. We'll do this mm-hmm. fix. We'll do that. But really, the reality is, for me, I just really needed to do a lot of work on mm-hmm. boundaries and value and mm. my childhood and my upbringing and all of that played into it. And so dealing with that in therapy, but not being able to like move past, I needed that next step. So kind of right at the same moment, my therapist and actually my OB Mm -hmm. was like, I think it's time. Mm -hmm. And it had been years of of working on things. And that's like, that's probably the progression that it, well, fortunately and unfortunately, because we also don't want to put a bandaid on by doing medication. Right. But we don't want to put a bandaid on by not doing it's, – it's, it's all just a yeah. cluster. I'm, but I'm just thankful. I'm yes. thankful it happened the way it did. I'm thankful. The, don't be afraid yeah. to go through the process right. is what I would say. Like, yeah, super painful when your therapist is like maybe more than one appointment a week and you're like, oh, well, I must be really screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want so badly to do well. I really I'm just was hoping best. you'd be like every other week and then – That's what Brene Brown said when she realized like – 
with she had all these issues with vulnerability and stuff. And she went to her therapist and was like, all right, I'm going to give this like six weeks to work this out. And I think there's like, yeah, eight years later. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah come, no, come on, people. That's yeah. not how it works. No, it isn't. It's interesting. It's, it's been good. It's lots of years. Josh and I went to therapy one time together when we were younger and we were having some problems. And she just sat back and said, I'm not really sure if I know where like one of you begins and the other one ends. Like mm-hmm. you're very enmeshed and we should – and we were like, yeah, we know. That's not the problem. <laughs> we get it. We're like one weird twin brain. But can you fix the other stuff? And she was like, eh. and we're like, we're out of here. We didn't try again. <laughs> Something we do. You're, you're not really telling me, really you're not telling me what again. I want to hear. You're not telling me what I want to hear. You can't fix this. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Something we did do at that time, practical relationship tip. If you are really struggling talking to your spouse, which sometimes you just are because you are not speaking the same language and there's a lot of like strife and difficult things that are hard to say to another Mm -hmm. person's face, we had a journal. So yeah, okay, you could text your spouse now, but we had a journal. We would write. He would leave for work. I love that. Thank you for saying that. It was awesome. I mean, it wasn't awesome. It was actually very super painful crazy times. painful to be it's like brutal. that. It was tough. I'm so okay. So I, I just wrote Samantha an email. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that Actually, up. Actually, he just broke up to... with you via email. <laughs> an email. No, but I'm so glad you brought that up because we figured out very early on in our relationship that him writing out his thoughts is so much more productive because he he's an internal processor and yeah. I'm an external yeah. processor. I just want to talk it out. And what happens is when he shuts down, totally. and I learned this from Brene Brown, she uses this terminology, which I appreciated, was the story I'm telling myself. So by you being silent, I'm now filling in your silence but what I'm filling in with my story might not be true. Right. And so I was like, okay, I need to start telling him, like, this is the story I'm telling. So I'm not saying yeah. this is what you're you're doing this. Well, he might not – he's not doing it. It's just what it's I'm what saying. what you assume. Yeah. And then I wanted to – I'm so glad you commented on the journal because we figured out, like I said, early on that he could – he needed to write. And when he would write – because then he could think through what he mm-hmm. was saying. He could write it. It was so much, like, more productive. And I started to feel like – are we that millennial generation that like can't communicate and blah blah? And then I'm sorry, what? Exactly. <laughs> Thank sorry, you. I was distracted by my phone. No, um, I'm just <laughs> um, I remember this was like a random thing, but I remember I'm sure I was watching like the morning show years ago when the kids were little, little. But it was like Jenna Bush came out with letters that her grandpa and grandma wrote to each mm. other, and it was very sweet. And if you think about it. What do you think about when you think of like nostalgic old timey stuff? Love letters. Yeah. But when we read them, we think this is what it's like all the time. He loved her so much. You know, she loved him so much. When they were together, they were just like, I love your, the way your hair, blah, blah, your sweet sound. of. But like, no, in person, they were probably like, I got to go milk the cows and, or like, I'm at war. You know, like yeah. all this. And I'm, you snore. Yes. <laughs> like, it's real life. But when they took the time to write, they processed their emotions. And so I feel Smart. like we... We look down, I think, today, like, especially if it's electronic, you know, like right. email or instant messaging and stuff like that. And yeah, that can be downfalls if you don't communicate in real life. I'm not saying we shouldn't sure. in person, but I've found for us writing it down, whether email, a journal, like you said, writing it down allows us to then when we're together, we can kind of process it mm-hmm. separately. And then when we're together, have a much less defensive conversation, yes. a much less angry if something is said that gets you a little, as Gretchen said, it rattles you, then it's resonating with you. So if something rattles you, you have time to let yeah. – because then it's like that's the whole thing. If it rattles you, 
then it's resonating. So and you have to figure it's out hitting a nerve. Yeah. Sure. So why is this hitting a nerve? What do I need to do about it? And uh, Christina um, Ammerman, we talked so much about how stuff from our childhood affects us, and to have all this in your head of like. Why is this affecting me? What is this really about? When you're in a heated mm-hmm. discussion about sex, yeah. like that is way too much stuff to be addressing. Yeah. So, amen. Thank you for bringing up the journaling. Journal. That's amazing. My plug for the journal over like text is that I tend to read things at really inappropriate times on my phone. So yes. if I'm sitting at a light, I don't really want to see like, hey, just so you know, like la- you know, last night, yes. but like when. You- so That's a great being idea able about to the like journal. you the get whole to leave it, of the hair thing. yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah. could you just pull my hair more? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but you get to choose when you sit down yes. to read it when you're emotionally ready to yes. sit down, read what they have to say, process it. Yes, it, our schedule was great because he worked. It was when he was in the Marines, so he was gone all day, and then yeah. I was teaching in the evening, and so he he could write, and then I would read and write, and then he could read. Yeah. And then we could leave it there most of the mm-hmm. time to still like salvage a pleasant evening yes. so that that issue wasn't taking over our yeah. whole existence. And that's like – I think the compartmentalizing gets a bad rap, but that's oh. where compartmentalizing is good where you're yeah. like, okay, let's put this in this box for now. Yes. And I think that that's why email – I like email because of exactly what you just said. I feel like it allows – you know, and especially if you title it like journal and you just have a private yeah. email going back and forth. And if it goes public and people find out your shit, oh, well, like sure. whatever. God help my children when they find the letters from boot camp. That's all I got to say. Oh, my gosh. Or listen to this podcast. Or listen to this podcast. No. So how each letters child was conceived. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That sounds like a podcast on its own. Oh we should gosh. read them. Oh my so god! Funny. <gasps> Can we do that in our next? I can't speech trip? spell, so I will read my letters. Oh yeah, because okay. no, one, I think yeah. we need to do a drunk history, except with your love letters. Let's to do each it. Other. Yeah. Oh my god, that next would be beach trip. I'll be Josh. Yeah. Be Jen. I'll be Jen. <laughs> you can narrate. Yes. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I remember after some kid, sorry kids, <laughs> feeling so like, uh, and like I had all C-sections. Oh, sorry. That was probably noisy. Um, feeling like insecure about yeah. that and feeling yeah. like, oh, I have the scar and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Josh being like, are you kidding me? He's like, I'm still 12. Like, boobs. boobs. Like, this is happening <laughs> right <body>. now. <laughs> and not to like like minimize that or or like make it seem like he's – like no, only no, but, that, but, but that's true. But like, he is attracted he's not to like, you, oh my no god, you ha- yes. you have cellulite on your thigh. Like he's so like, that was- what is cellulite? You have boobs. Like <laughs> I remember seeing um, a tip about, and this goes to show how important <laughs> tip. This is goes to show how important um, what we project to young people. You know, because it makes yeah. a difference. But an actual good thing I remember reading. I feel like it was in Cosmo magazine, but it was like a tip. But it was like girls, like he does not care about your body. He just cares about that you're naked. And I remember like my insecure, you know, teenage self thinking like, oh, who would ever want it? But like that kind of stuck in the back of my head. So whenever I start to feel insecure, I always think like, I remember reading in a magazine once. So it must be true. It must be true. I read it on Um, the internet. I read it on the internet. Um, Lincoln said it. I'm actually curious to hear some of your insight, Jeremy, because like I said, we go to girls' nights, whether we're drinking or not, Right, stuff always comes up. And I feel like – I think I've touched on the husband pack on a past episode, but to recap the husband pack, which is you share with people who know and respect and love your husband appropriately. And so you can share like real stuff and yeah. it's not disrespectful. It's not – it's it's respecting boundaries and things like that because I think that – 
you don't just share your stuff with everyone. And so um, I'm blessed to have good friends Mm -hmm. um, that we can share stuff with. And so I feel like we have, we, meaning my friends, have lots of healthy conversations about sex and how we're feeling and kind of the elephant in the room that I would kind of point out is kind of the whole like women not always being in the mood. That's kind of the one where it's like, yeah, I could take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. But for men, that's very, as you said, demoralizing. It's very rejection rejection and things like that. And then what happens is, if we're just going to be talking honestly about it, is that what it's kind of the crazy cycle where, you know, they feel rejected, but then it comes, well, then I'm the one, me as in the, well, for me, I'm a woman. So whoever in the relationship is like this, the one who's not in the mood, it becomes like, well, something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. But then I know from talking to other people that like, no, like it's pretty common that mm-hmm. stereotypically women tend to we're, we're touched so much, we're this, we're that. But then when you're in the middle of a conversation, it turns into a argument because even though he might not mean it to be insulting, mm-hmm. it feels very insult like uh, there's something wrong with me so then I feel the need to defend myself like it's right it just turns into that whole crazy cycle yeah and we've had lots of conversations where I mean he 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 was right that's recorded forever I said could you repeat that what I I think (laughs) I said boss is right but he would be like actually actually (laughs) he was right that's right but (laughs) his point was you know I feel like more times than not, having that particular conversation about being in the mood or not being in the mood and is it a priority, isn't, you make a lot of time for a lot of other things. So on top of it being like him feeling rejected because I'm like, well, I'm just like not that interested in it. And he's like, but you make a lot of time for other Other things things and other people and not and not like in a dig like. I should be as important as, you know, X, Y, or Z. But mm-hmm. if you're going to fall asleep when we watch a movie, maybe we shouldn't watch a whole movie starting at 10 o'clock at night or whatever yeah. it is. And he's right. Yeah. Like, so figuring out that what I needed was a little decompression time, a mm-hmm. little space between mom and yeah. Jen. And that's what I need. Not I could care less about what it is that we're doing. I just need a minute yeah. to figure that out. And that window between when I'm relaxed and like sound asleep when we deal with kids touching us all day mm-hmm. if you're breastfeeding if it's that time of the month if it's this that stuff that's uncomfortable to talk about but let's just do it guys um we're here i think that's why talking about it in a non-stressful state of like hey i just want you to know what i'm dealing with all day i'm right. dealing with fluids coming out of my body <laughs> so i'm sorry i can't go from dealing with multiple fluids from multiple places right to happy time and so but then i'm so glad i got the one tip about not to talk about it in bed like not like that is not now the is time not the time, time. Yeah. but if you can have a general conversation <laughs> about it i'm gonna have to post this picture on face on i'll post it when this episode goes live because hank's face is <laughs> he's not having it so no, funny. He, he's one of his his Lips life is, is like, up. He's like tucked up under his teeth <laughs> It's the other side. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, hey. So anyway, um, I think the more I've kind of been a little bit real with him, but in the right context, <clears throat> because even if you say those things and you just think you're being real, but it's not in the right context, it's still insulting. I've just learned that, too. That is true. 
And it's way easier to be respectful of something if you have conversation outside of it. Like, no, this is not just me being, like, weird. Because I feel like in that particular situation, you could be like, no, it's okay. Like, I don't mind. And you're like, no, I just don't like it. Yeah. And that can get weird, but outside. That's why morning coffee chats. I'm glad you talked before Mm. in the other episode about the breakfast dates. But it is – it's a time where you can talk about it, where you're not, like, pressure or, like, this has to happen. Oh, so that was like, one of the tips I got yesterday, which was two tips. One said schedule it, and one walked by and said don't schedule it. And I said let's find the happy medium, which was you schedule it, and then that way you know about it. And then oh, I forgot to see someone brought this up, and I forgot about it. Is that you think you won't look forward to it, but then someone's like you actually do because then like you know that more like for women you can start mentally preparing, so it's not you know it takes the pressure off. But then to keep it from feeling scheduled is you have to do the spontaneous stuff. So it can't just be scheduled. No. But when you mix scheduled in with spontaneous. Imagine Jeremy was like, so in nine days, I'm going to try and find you attractive. <laughs> like that's how they see it. See it, I know. But if he said to me, we're going to – every Saturday morning, we're going to have coffee on the back porch and just talk, then I would feel like, okay, I won't be as bitter if we don't get to have the heart-to-hearts that I want every mm-hmm. day. Because I know that at least Saturday, we're going to try our best to make sure we have that time. And then if we have another conversation throughout the week, um, that's a good conversation. That's a bonus. So for me, I feel like if if we have a scheduled fun time together, mm-hmm. then yeah, it might not be as great. But we know throughout the week that like, okay, I might not, you know, kids were up talking too late, right. doing stuff. <laughs> at least we'll have that. That's kind of – I know we'll at least have that connection time. And then if we have more, then that's great. That's my perspective on it, which might not be his. And I like that you bring up, Matt, how would you feel if it's a different example? So it's good to bring that up. You were talking about having sex before a date Mm -hmm. uh, as sort of a tip. Like, hey, if you don't want the pressure of having sex sex after a date. When you want. Yeah, any time. But yeah, so before the date, but yeah. Yeah, But the thought that I had that I wrote down while you guys were talking and I was doing my thing being silent was that post-sex conversation is so much easier and yeah. so much more fluid yeah. than, than um, <laughs> pre-sex conversation. What? There's a lot of slips in this. There's a lot. Freudian <clears throat> slips. But so there's no pressure. There's no pressure. Oh, I see what you mean. So what you're saying is that if you do it ahead of time, you can just enjoy dinner because there's not this underlying tension of are we or aren't we? And we're on the crazy cycle. And by the time we're done with this, are we going to be off the crazy cycle? Is this going to – How's it going to work when we get home? Is she going to be too – We have to drive the babysitter home and blah, blah, blah. If I drive the the babysitter home, you're going to be asleep when I get home. Am I going to be like naked waiting in bed for her when she gets back from dropping the babysitter off? Is she going to have to poop? Is she going to have to poop for me? Right. Is, is the mood the really going to be there? Right. Is yes. it going to be midnight? Yes. And I'm, am I going to be too tired? Yeah. Is she going to be too tired? Yeah. It's there's so much that goes into yes. post sex, uh, post date sex. Yeah. Yes. It's a lot of pressure. Just get it over with and and yeah, just take yeah. the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Just while you're getting ready, just do take it the in pressure the off by putting the pressure on. There you go. Hey there. <laughs> Quote. <laughs> All right, any no, other we're points? Really air this. <laughs> when it it's comes be to an issue. sex, mm-hmm. there everybody's got everybody's got their own crazy shit in their head. Yeah. And 
I think one of the things that having years of conversation about sex was like, let's just try and get our crazy like on the same page Mm. so that we are in this together (gasps) instead of not. I'm oh yes, we're on the same team. That's yes. something that it's funny. I did not hear that advice in the context of sex, but hello, it was still in marriage. Is that like so often we feel like we're fighting our we're against our yes. spouse that we're just like knocking heads. And it's like, wait, we need to pull back and have that reminder like, wait, we're on the same team. Yeah. Like <laughs> we, if we're on the same team and we are for good sex in our relationship and one person really wants a thing, the other person should maybe be willing, I mean, within reason. reason yes. It's not an easy conversation and it, it hasn't been an easy conversation, but it is something that we have been able to somewhat come to I don't want to say agreement because it's not like we have like a handshake agreement. It's just like <laughs> For, this is a thing. Yeah, a formal contract. like so, a contract you, about – You sign a contract yeah. with your husband about mm-hmm. porn. Yeah, that's yeah. what we did. Mm-hmm. But – Did you get it notarized? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was – yeah, that was awkward bringing it to the, the notary house or yeah. whatever, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we but, the notary was at a strip club. So oh, was, perfect. Oh, yeah. Made it very convenient. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that brings up a good point, though. Give me an extra one and I'll sign <laughs> it. I'll gosh. notarize that for you. <laughs> uh, so funny. You can have conversations in theoreticals. Make sure. time. Prioritize. Right. But then it's what like, does that mean? what does it mean? And so I'm so grateful for people who've opened up their hearts and whatnot to share some practical tips. And so there's some that are pretty standard. Like I feel like, you know, we've we've heard them before and stuff, but I to to bring them up again to remind people. So one one of the tips I got, which we've been talking about this whole time, but it actually falls under the category of spicing up, is to talk about it. Yeah. To communicate about it, to take the stigma away from your spouse of being able to talk about it. And then also – And like while Jeremy – so Jeremy's peeing right now, but like he'll never listen to this. Yeah, But never. like something that's like really kind of good is mm-hmm. is really the idea that I am willing to talk about it and willing to entertain various things and like have my own idea about mm-hmm. what is fun or spicing it up, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like all of that is – very attractive yeah. to the other person. So oh, like sure. just the the idea that you're willing to be a more sexual person. And yeah, and the fact that you want to. Right, you know, exactly. The other thing too is starting early. So one thing I talked. Start them. Um, no. Start them early meaning in the day. And so oh. because women aren't just oh, like. like premarital sex. No. Um, Sorry. No, but it's not so like long. you just say, oh, I want to do this now and suddenly go from zero to 60. And so it talks, like I was talking with some people about it's the little touches here and there that we need that physical connection every day to have a little touch and not just, oh, that's not if, weird, Jeremy. If, if he starts touching me, then that just means, oh, now I know what he wants. But it's doing that every day, like whether you're going to do it or not, but doing right. the little, the hugs from behind, the little, just even the little poke or like mm-hmm. just that we're not, I'm not going to touch you the way I'm going to touch my friend, like just little, something different. little things. Because the other thing that I was talking with a friend about was that there's the micro rejections. So there's the micro mm. little touches that you get to build the mood. But then there's also that when you try to reach out and hold a hand and you get rejected, if you try to do this, oh. those are the things that to kind of have those little unfulfilled needs. Yeah. I think the micro rejections are those unfulfilled needs. They're just chipping away so that when it comes time to 
whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. sexy time, fun time, whatever. It's like my bucket is depleted because of all these little dips. Yeah, that's true. So you can kind of flip the script and give little touches throughout the day. You know, focus more on when you watch TV sitting next to each other instead of in your own places across seats Mm -hmm. away or something, little things like that. So, And then also texting. Like that was a tip that I got – Um, A woman came and spoke at a networking event, funny enough, but it was about maintaining the intimacy with your spouse. And she was saying how in this area, because we live in a place where a lot of people have government jobs and secure phones, it was Mm -hmm. like no one wants to to like text anything inappropriate on their Mm -hmm. phone. But she brought sext exactly sexting, Um, which yeah, that just I'd be worried about like my kids seeing it or something. But she brought up a point that I felt like is worth sharing to you guys is that. She's like, have you ever seen a news story or anyone get reprimanded for sexting their spouse? No, guys. It's when it's a prostitute or underage. True. Like, it's when it's illegal and whatnot or or an affair of, you know, right. a person. And But it's like, if someone's just telling their spouse, hey, can't wait to see you tonight, you know, <laughs> eggplant, peach, <laughs> whatever emojis you want to use. Emo- I just heard a song that he sends me peach emojis. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> the, that, that's the chorus. Oh he gosh. sends me peach emojis. Look it up. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, that I don't think anyone's going to care like about, you know, your text. That's a really good point. Texting your, yeah. your spouse. So yeah. And that's valuable too. And then people also talked about toys and role playing and those two things, the toys for one different things. The tip was that start it young when you don't need it. <laughs> Not once again, early on in your relationship. Oh my gosh, that's so inappropriate. Um, start it early on in Not your relationship. Stockings. Not age. <laughs> but doing that before you necessarily need it. So it takes, once again, away the taboo of it and mm-hmm. that it's not weird to use because one day you will possibly need it, they said. So what? Possibly. I mean. Like need it, need it? Well, might want it to spice mm. things up. I mean, you're only at the 25-year mark when you're at the 35-year mark. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know these Aww. things. This is why I had to gather information. The other one was find a great lube, start using it early because it won't be a transition later when you really do need it, when things start changing in your body. We should air this part first yes. so the kids never listen to yes. it. They're like, nope, not no. for me. Find a great lube. Find a great lube. Uh, no Check thanks. <laughs> the next episode. No, thank you. <laughs> well, if you like that tip, you'll love the Kegel pelvic floor exercise tip. Mm. So mm. this is a common th- – oh, so People that have had C-sections often don't know this, but when you yeah, I'm gonna birth- high five myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We're we're putting this. Don't worry, it's anyway. already explicit. <laughs> we're doing it explicit anyway. Um, you can say whatever you like. <laughs> um, so when you've had babies, a lot of times that area, jumping jacks, <laughs> laughing, sneezing, can cause <laughs> pee mm. to come out, and then that can affect your sex life. And so there's pelvic floor kegel exercises that work. And there's a couple other things you can work on. And also increasing blood flow to areas. I mean, these are actually some of this. I'm kind of falling into some of the tips that they got with helping with things. Okay. So getting back to to- toys, role playing. There's a, an app, a Kindu app someone told me about. And so it's an app where you and your partner each answer questions. And it's almost like a Tinder except for sex with your husband. So it gives you like. Or wife. Yeah, or her wife, whoever's using okay. it. But it like basically it asks you all these questions, you answer them, and then if you match on things, it gives mm. you ideas like, hey, try this, try that. I think that 
as human beings, we all struggle in similar areas, if mm-hmm. not the exact For same sure, areas, yeah. whether it's sex or anything else. Yeah. So to even hear that other people have the same thoughts or the same conversations or the same struggles mm-hmm. as you, I think can be therapeutic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So to wrap it up, which we didn't do in the first episode because I just forgot because of the new format, um, there's the two closing questions, which is okay. any recommendations. It kind of started mm-hmm. out with book recommendations. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, screw it. It could be anything. Books, mm-hmm. TV shows, drinks, vacation destinations. I don't freaking care. Anything. What do you recommend? Um, Prosecco so- and diet. Grapefruit? Is that? Yeah, yeah I recommend it. that with no ice. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Room temperature, baby. Um, so any recommendations? And then the second thing is, what conversation do you either want to start or stop having? So, it, and it could not relate it to this topic at all. So is there something that is not being talked about that you want to talk about more? Mm. Or is there something that is talked about a lot, but you want to say, hey, let's wrap that up? not talk about that. So recommendations. You are an audio book addict. Yes. So I know that you are big on the books, but is there anything that you say, whether books or anything in life? Okay. Podcast? Recommendation. Podcast besides this one. Yeah. Besides this one, of course. I don't know. I don't really have a podcast. I don't know if there are really any others worth listening to. No, there's probably not. This is it. This is the only one. I would say I recommend... Well, you kind of already recommended yeah. the therapists. I really do think the, that that podcast I'm, and that person is a great recommendation. Awesome book. What's Our her name author, again? Esther Perel. Okay, Esther yeah. Perel. If you're having relationship issues, if you're not having relationship issues, I think something that like take away from just our conversation too is that this is maybe a little sexist and weird, but I also think that as wives to recognize that our husbands are still those 12-year-old boys that are thinking mm-hmm. about sex all the time. Mm-hmm. And so either choosing to be that muse or not is the reality, whether that's like politically correct, whether mm-hmm. that's right or wrong. I'd rather be a part of that than not, not. be a part of that yeah. and make it a part of our relationship. And and that's where you're – I think that's okay to share. Being someone who is over – who is sensitive and tries her best to think about everyone – I think that it's okay to share that because that's your reality yes. and that if someone is in a situation similar, then that's a great point of view. If you're yeah. not, if it doesn't feel right, then you can yes. – this is not the tip, no, you would say. This, for, is not this is not for the takeaway. But I think it's okay to Doing share your Doing some experience. like self-reflection and some talking is probably the takeaway then, right? Yeah. To like figure out your own sexuality mm-hmm. and then your – how that works with the person that you're committed to probably is better, a better takeaway. And I recommend that. That's great. I think that's really good. That's it. Thank you for just busting open this awkward conversation, awkward conversation that we tried to not have awkward, but it's just, it's just, just, it is, it's just life. So thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you to myself. <laughs> I'm gonna give for myself surviving this conversation. Samantha's gonna need a Xanax or some, <laughs> something. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, guys. You're awesome. <laughs> Love you all. Bye. Bye. I'm going to use my sexy sexy voice. voice.
Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by twinmusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, M&M Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. I'm going to use my sexy sexy voice. voice.